Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. This is Mike Gary, and I'm your host today for today's Whistleblower Report, and this is going to be a faith report. And today we're going to be discussing uh, whether the church is ready to address real issues at hand. And the way I like to frame this is we are now in the post-COVID era or the COVID follow era. And uh, if you've listened to our whistleblower reports before, especially over the last five, six months, you'll see that now there's certainly recognition of all the uh, misled mandates that we experienced over the last three years. So in today's report, Today's faith report I would like to address, uh, is the church actually ready to deal in reality? Are they ready to tackle tough issues? All right, before we get started on that, I want to thank uh, the Truth for Health Foundation donors uh, that have helped our legal uh, fund recipients with their with all their gracious donations, uh, we've put them to good use. You've heard some of the people on our previous reports um, that actually have used these funds to support themselves. And we do think that uh, your funds have been beneficial and they actually have turned the tide. If you look what's happened, um, especially in the last six to nine months, there's admissions all over the place that these mandates went way too far and destroyed people, whether it was financially or, you know, to actually receiving the vaccine and doing damage to their body. And certainly uh, now that the origins of COVID are being found out, and we're getting to the truth of that matter. Uh, you know, your funds have actually br helped bring us to this realization. So we thank you very much for that. So had an interesting thing go on in my life um realization i think i think we're at a new point maybe a new phase or a new level of awareness and this may be because a whole bunch of new people have you know woke up to what's actually going on in in america and around the world and and um you know for somebody like myself I'm going to give myself the disclaimer here real quick, because as a lot of you know that I'm I'm uh, in military, I have 25 years of service, I have 15 years in the hazmat weapons of mass destruction era, I have, uh, I worked for a hazmat WMD response team, uh, so I have a lot of training along that, thousands of hours of training, but um I'm not here today to represent uh, the Department of Defense. I'm here as a free man representing my own opinions and my own research. I have thousands of hours of doing my own research, uh, whether it's scriptural 
or it's along the lines of big pharma, big food, uh, and how that all ties in spiritually. And so I just want to make you guys aware of that right out of the gate that I do believe there's in my life, I've come to find harmony between science and God because he is the God of science, right? So there is, there's nothing that sneaks up on God. There's nothing that God doesn't explain. Uh, If you have the intent to know God's will and be obedient to God, he will reveal things through his scripture. And that's what I've learned through my life. Um, When I've had tough questions uh, about things, for example, evolution, I found my answers in the Bible. And these are difficult concepts for a lot of spiritual leaders because they feel like the Bible doesn't answer things. The Bible does answer things. It answers everything. It may not be the detail that you want or you're expecting. But if you dig deeper, you will find things. For example, in my life, uh, 12 years ago, I got into genealogies. And uh, I found a tremendous amount of information in the genealogies in the Bible. Uh, It's unbelievable what I discovered. Most people skip over genealogies, so therefore they miss all that information. You know, and it, it will, it's almost like, it's a be like a separate uh, in a group of books or encyclopedia of books that opens up once you start revealing things and just opens and opens and opens. So for today's show, um, we're going to talk about the church ready to deal in realities. And in the, the realities at hand, I feel like that are some of the biggest topics that we get to deal with is certainly this wave of transgenderism which I totally believe has come out of uh, the three years of COVID mandates. And in the way I like to think of this is everything that was done during COVID was a direct assault on God's image bearers. And, you know, it, with, and I'm going to hit the highlights of the mandates. You're talking about the six foot distancing, right? Why six? That's the number of man. That's the number that Satan wanted to pervert. Man's man's made on the sixth day, right? So, so uh, Satan obviously wanted to pervert man or or lead him off the path to God. So, six feet, six foot distancing. You look at it and you see that it separated us. A barrier was placed be- between God's image barriers. And I mean, some people followed the, these rules in their own house. They isolated each, themselves from their own family members in their own house. I've heard these stories. Important piece of uh, the image bearer, which is the face. So nobody could see each other's reaction. And we know communication is... Is like I I don't know the exact percent, but I'm just gonna say I've I've heard numbers like you know sixty to eighty percent of communication is body language. It's not just the the um, verbal that comes out of your mouth or you know hand and arm signals uh, trying to talk with you know using hand and arm signals. It's actually body language and how you react and facial expression and that. So the mask uh, covered that. That was a covering of God's image bearers. And then certainly uh, the final stage was to stick a gene editing product in people and uh, start the process of changing uh, people down to the DNA level. And that's which, which is 
the ultimate assault on God's image. And, and you look at uh, where that where that gene editing product went. It went to a sacred area, in many sacred areas. But I, when I think about the DNA and I think about how God made it, he tied these amino acids together and probably, probably things even smaller that we haven't even uh, become aware of yet. That it's it's a sacred spot between the physical body, the spiritual body, and the mind or the soul of the of the person. So anyway, that's you know through my profession, COVID or novel coronavirus, what it was first called, did not sneak up on me. I was an observer and aware. Uh, you know, as as early as November of 2019, I heard something going on in these, these China games. And then December of tw- uh, 2019, I was looking a little more closely. There was a couple, two or three reports in December. And then certainly in January of 2020, I was, I was, yeah, there's something coming. There, there's a plague coming. I don't know what it is yet, if it's real or if it's, it's going to be mostly just a fear-based thing. So I was an observer of this, and certainly I knew it was going to go spiritual. And um, so as a Christian man, uh, this didn't sneak up on me. And, you know, initially I had to get over my own fear, and, and I did that alone privately in January of 2020, I got over my own fear and said, this, God's going to provide a way to, to overcome this thing that's coming again. We didn't, I didn't know what it was at the time. And, you know, I, I hold to the, the saying that it was more of a pandemic, a plan to take people's rights away. I, I totally believe there was a gain of function, um, you know, pathogenic protein, but when you ramp it or magnify it by fear, that's what I believe we mostly experienced. And it took our rights away. And then in that is the church. The church was woefully unprepared for uh, that plague. And I, I say that the church had gave, had given in to, to fear. You know, the church has, um, you know, the instruction manual, the Bible, and we could have dug in and calmed ourselves by reading God's word together as a church body, the body of Christ. Uh, there was certain voices, like, for example, my voice early on, I had already privately gotten over my fear in January of 2020. You know, between January 2020 and February of 2020, I had gotten over my fear of this. I had started to make observations and realized that it wasn't either it had already spread and there was natural immunity, or uh, it wasn't as catchy as they said. And again, time will tell what which one of those two things is right. Um, I do know there was a wave of sickness up here in the Northeast in the November 2019, December 2019 timeframe. But, but when March came of 2020, the church, most churches I watched take a government, follow the government lead. And they shut down up here in the Northeast, uh, you know, some well into a year and a half, almost two years for some. Uh, but the majority were shut down for a year. So for a year, the church mostly gave in to fear. And it's very sad. And it reminds me 
of when I was a younger man, when I was exiting high school and coming into, uh, you know, adulthood and finding a job, I was, I was Christian. I was a saved believer at that point in my life. I didn't have the deep knowledge I have today, but when I entered the adult realm and I watched a bunch of so-called, you know, Christians, you know, how I defined that back then was their parents went to church every Sunday. Right. So these other peers or friends of mine, when, when they entered the world, I watched, I watched them do uh, things like, you know, go to drinking parties and drug experiment with drugs and things like this. And I'm thinking, what good is it if you go to church, your parents go to church, yet you join in all these, um, you know, bad activities? I say it just seems so hypocritical. And I remember thinking I wasn't very impressed with the church at that time. And I didn't really claim to be a Christian at that moment because it seemed it seemed so wrong. Now, you know, I I restrained from participating in a lot of that activity activity uh, um not not totally i've i had my share of going to a couple parties over my time in college and stuff but i watched what i thought was good christian uh children just be overcome by uh this scene which is so prevalent in college 20 25 years ago when i went in and i just watched them get run over by the world so they're raised in a christian uh background home Christian principles, and then when they enter the adult world, it all dis- it all dissipates, it all disappears. And I feel like the church as a whole has done that in COVID. You know, and again, I find myself at odds with a lot of spiritual leaders. But recently, with <laughs> with the mighty stand of so many uh, whistleblowers, it seems like it, there's just too many of us now to be ignored. And more and more coming forth all the time because it seems like people just can't bear it anymore. And it seems like the church is going to have to do something about this. Um, so that's why I pose the question, is the church ready to address tough issues? And um, this past Sunday, so Mother's Day Sunday, I'm recording this really early in the morning here in the Northeast. And on Mother's Day Sunday, I had an interesting um, experience, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But um, I like to remind the audience out there that the church isn't just the building, you know, and there's more parts to uh, ministries, right, than just the pastor. And I, and to to be fair here, and not uh, dig spiritual leaders or pastors. You know, the pastors aren't the only part of the ministry. And I think that's what the church as a whole needs to realize, that there's more parts than just the pastor. Having the expectation for this pastor to be the sole spiritual leader is is a wrong expectation. And that's why the church has failed, because you got a one, you know, one person holding up this one building with his flock in it, and he's expected to know all these things you know, to, to know about all the attacks coming from the outside and from the inside, that's an unrealistic expectation. And uh, so I've come to find myself to believe in the, the fivefold ministry, that there is ministry gifts out there and that our American church has lost them over time. 
And it it uh, is truly about, you know, pastors are a piece of it. But you also have prophets, you have apostles, you have teachers, and you have evangelists. And these are the ministry gifts that God has given, that Christ has given the church. And we haven't been functioning in them. Now, I know in my personal life, work life, that I always saw um, the wherever I went as my ministry. That was my chance to plant seeds. Now, I wasn't overbearing, and a lot of people don't want to hear it. So that's not a good place to plant seeds, right, if people are turned off immediately. But, you know, by setting a good example and, uh, you know, being fair and truthful, uh, these are qualities that people are eventually drawn to, and they open doors uh, to spread God's gospel. Now, the interesting experience that happened to me uh, this past Sunday is um, usually I go to church for, there's a, there's a prayer there's adult Sunday school, and then it's regular service. So it's an all-morning affair, usually for my family. But because it was Mother's Day, we took a little extra time to take care of my wife, my my mama, you know, and uh, we treated her good, made her breakfast in bed and all those things. So we were we were late to adult Sunday school, and uh, it, which in a way is too bad because it's on a topic that I like. It was on the book of Revelation and Pastor Ron, our prayer pastor, uh, was reading from it. <laughs> and it's, it's a funny story because I walked in late and he's reading out of Revelation 13, 11 through 8. I actually believe he read into chapter 14, but I'm going to read Revelation 13, 11 through 18 so you can hear what set set me off or uh spurred me on to do something okay so uh, verse 11 then i saw another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon and he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed he performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by the, those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no way may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. His number is 666. Okay, so that's what I walked into. And uh, I didn't even get to my seat. I wanted to react to this. And uh, so my wife comes in behind me. She's like, get your hand down. She's like, wait till he's done. Wait, wait. So anyway, pass wrong. Um, get done uh, reading. And I asked him if I could react to that. And uh, he said, yeah, yeah. And he even pulled me up front. In front of the, there was about 40 people there for uh, 
adult Sunday school and he gave me the microphone and which was interesting. I wasn't expecting that. I was just going to speak from my seat, but I was in front of, I found myself in front of everybody. So I looked everybody over, you know, from the front of the church. And I said, um, has anybody over the last couple of years seen anything that you couldn't buy or sell without? I looked at everybody. I looked at them all. Some some would not make eye contact. And then there's a lot of a lot of them shaking their head like, oh, he's going there. He's going there. I said, is there a certain medical intervention that you could not buy or sell without? And I, you know, and I'm looking everybody over and then um, it, which is interesting. So I, I was as I was looking people over, I kept going and I said, um, did we experience some people getting canceled out of life without a certain mark? You know, and these are all rhetorical questions I was posing, but I looked at the whole congregation over as I was doing this. And I said, did you know uh, that uh, Bill Gates has a plan for a self-administering uh, vaccine coming that you'll put in your hand? right on your wrist, you know, and the Hebrews, Hebrews will uh, reference the hand as being part of the wrist where the most likely the spike to hang Christ went through the wrist in the, in the hand. Okay. So anyway, I look, I'm looking everybody over and I said, yeah, we've, we've already encountered this. And, and then I went into um, this, this thing, this gene editing vaccine crosses sacred barriers and again, I'm looking everybody over. The sacred barriers are the blood-brain barrier. To me, that could be the forehead that we're talking about in the book of Revelation. It, it goes to the placenta womb, crosses that barrier. These are, And I said, these are sacred spots that things shouldn't be passing through. And, and it was, as I was doing this, there were some that were very happy and inspired. But so I said, look, church, we are finally taking on transgenderism this is an easy one you know transgenderism is sweeping the nation right now and the church i do believe is stepping up uh is it is it enough is it too little too late we'll see but the church is actually addressing this now at school board meetings and such in other places in laws and in in the state state houses and things like that but i said Look, we're talking about transgenderism where we can see that that's an outward, you know, when somebody does that, it's an outward appearance. That's easy. I said, that's easy for the church. How about transhumanism? And I look around at everybody. I said, it's already upon us. It's already upon us. And I said, it's this gene editing thing is, is the beginning of this, you know, and uh, it was a very somber somber mood as I was speaking and I didn't know but what the mic would be taken from me as I mentioned transhumanism okay but I couldn't contain myself anymore I've had enough I've had enough of tiptoeing and dancing around these tough subjects <clears throat> yeah and I may be more aware than most people <clears throat> but at this point in the game uh the, the things are coming at us so fast so and I, and I mentioned to the crowd I said you know the, these are coming at us fast and I don't think anybody can argue that anymore because I wasn't challenged as I brought that up. And I said, transhumanism comes in a couple of ways, you know, biological engineering, genetic engineering, you know, and then AI. And I said, cyborgism. Okay. 
downloading yourself into a machine. And uh, I was allowed to get that out. I, uh, I again, I fully expected uh, one of the pastors to come take uh, the mic out of my hand and tell me to go sit down. Um, but I, I was compelled to say that. And as I turned, as I was done um, speaking, I handed the mic off. And as I did that, there was several people that said, amen. And I heard two amens again. I was still kind of in the moment, handing the mic off. And then I walked back to my seat. And as I was walking back to my seat, the, the head pastor said to me, could you do a write-up on that? I said, oh, yeah. Could you give a class on that? I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. And I just kept walking back to my seat. As I walked back to my seat, my wife said to me, Mike, did you hear how many amens? I'm like, I hear a couple. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. There was way more than that. So, (laughs) you know, I was in the moment and I got out a message that had to be said. I I heard one or two amens, the loud ones, I guess, and the other ones I, I didn't really know. At that point, I wasn't really looking at people's faces. I was finishing up delivering this message I had to deliver. And uh, and I, I did it unashamed, unbashful. It just it totally came out of me. It had to be said. And so I sat down, and my wife's telling me these things, that the the reception of this was like it was long, long overdue long overdue so this is why i'm kind of contemplating is the church finally ready to to actually address things like transhumanism you know these things have been cast upon us and uh you know it's just we have to do something we have no choice but to do something you know Christ compels us to act, you know, in, in the whole mission of spreading the gospel is an action to go forth and to occupy. There's also a, a verse in Luke to occupy until he comes. And that's what I intend to do, you know, with what, whatever I have left. And that's how I've run my adult life, especially for the last 15 years. All right. So when we come back from the break, we'll get into transhumanism a little more. I just wanted to share that story and we'll talk about transhumanism a little deeper and we'll talk about AI and uh, hopefully I'll be able to uh, make you aware of something that's up and coming. But before we go to the break, I'd like you to check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. That's www.truthforhealth.org. Check out our resources that we get there. Again, we get the COVID treatment guides. We get the COVID vaccine injury treatment uh, guides. We got um, uh, other helpful fact sheets, like for the upcoming Marburg pandemic. And uh, we've, we're developing more and more helpful resources like these fact sheets. Again, check out our Faith for uh, faith Over Fear seminars. And also, I'd like to put in a plug for myself uh, for the medicine and ministry, which I'm taking over for the Truth for Health. Well, we're looking at proposing solutions uh, for um, these upcoming attacks against Christians and the nation as a whole. So we'll be right back after the break. The family of Juliana Parker would sincerely like to thank the Truth for Health Foundation 
Without their help and support, we never could have gotten our mother out of the hospital and into our home so that we could be with her for the last week of her life. They gave us the strength, the courage, the knowledge, the list of things that we needed to do in order to prepare for that. And they were there at a critical moment when it came to moving her out. Welcome back uh, to our second half of the show, the whistleblower report. And this is your faith segment for the Truth for Health Foundation. And I want to, again, thank our donors and sign up for to give uh, donations as your donations have helped many across this nation, military and others that are in the fight for our First Amendment freedoms and the way to believe the way we uh, want to believe. And you can go to www.truthforhealth.org, join our crusade. You know, we are silent no more. Sign up for our email alerts and check out our resources that we provide for medical advice to ministry help and constitutional right information. And we're just connected with a bunch of, you know, just experts in all kinds of these fields uh, that supply helpful tips on everything. So now that we're back, um, and I promise that we're going to talk about transhumanism. And, uh, you know, I think COVID in a way was a big grooming activity, a big grooming event. And, uh, you know, there's no better way to see grooming than this in this uh, transgenderism. Right. And you're seeing guidance counselors in schools grooming children into the opposite gender. Right. The opposite sex. So it's a big grooming activity. And that's what the mandates why I more follow, they call it, you know, sarcastically pandemic is because I look at it as the, the worst part of it was to groom, to take away rights and to eventually uh, direct people into the wrong path. Here, here we go. You know, you got the narrow way, the narrow path, or you got the wide path of destruction. And I feel like this was a grooming activity that led to the wide path. And here we are, we're all scattered, isolated, separated, and we're in this, what I want to coin the phrase of this COVID fallout era, right? It's like a bomb went off in a way, and here we all are scattered, and now we're trying to put the pieces back together. And right now, this transgenderism is, is an easy thing for the church, easy thing for us to to counteract come against because it's very visual you can see the actual harm when you start changing you know uh male body to a female body and vice versa it's it's a massive change that the eyes pick up but there's more at hand here and and that would be transhumanism which is all well on its way for us you know in the bible you know, doesn't leave us without a way to address this. You know, it didn't, this didn't sneak up on the Bible, you know, God's word. This didn't sneak up on God. I mean, he's left us uh, a way, you know, an instruction manual to to navigate these difficult waters. And uh, just for the audience out there, I did a show uh, not too long ago with Steve from, uh, the Catholics for preservation of life. That's a great show. Did it approximately a month ago. And, um, you know, he quite simply said, transhumanism is a way for Satan 
to interrupt or destroy man's way to commune with God. And I thought that was to boil it right down with, uh, I think that was a great um, definition of it. I think that hits it, you know, and another way to say it is it's, it's a way to destroy an image bearer and prevent that image bearer from ever uh, going to heaven to be with the father. You know, and I think that's where we're at spiritually. And I think the church is starting to get it. The spiritual leaders that we have at the moment realize that things aren't right and there needs to be some drastic action if we're going to survive as a human race. And, you know, here's the the real definition uh, or the Encyclopedia Britannica's definition. So we can kind of um, list out all these things uh, to be watchful for if in case there's anybody new that's listening and is not aware. And again, we're all at different awareness levels. So it's important to define things. So transhumanism is the philosophical and scientific movement that advocates the use of current and emerging technologies, such as genetic engineering, cryonics, artificial intelligence, and nanotechnology to augment human capabilities and improve the human condition. Transhumanists envision a future in which the responsible application of sex such technologies enables humans to slow reverse or eliminate the aging process to achieve uh, corresponding increases in human lifespans and to enhance human cognitive and sensory capabilities. The movement uh, proposes that humans will augment capabilities will evolve into an enhanced species that transcends humanity, the post-human. And, um, you know, it's, it's very disturbing definition to listen to uh like the curse when god pronounced the curse on adam and eve uh humankind right it was for a reason you know we disobeyed our all our, our father and our mother original they disobeyed and there had to be a consequence for that disobedience and it was the curse that we shall surely die you know and that that in God's mercy was actually, you know, a gift because it reset us, reset our priorities to remember about him. Now, that's the definition of transhumanism, okay? To get an idea how somebody like this thinks, I've got a book here in front of me. It's, um, it's called the, the Pentagon's Brain. An Uncensored History of DARPA, America's Top Secret Military Research Agency. It's written by Annie Jacobson. It was um, it came out in 2015. I read the book in 2016. Okay. And DARPA, um, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Okay. So this is the Pentagon's brain that's working on all these, you know, highly scientific projects. Okay. Which with a Christian overview, I find a lot of them to be offensive and evil. Okay. And this is why I bought the book back then is to, to see, you know, what had been compiled and what have we done over the years? So I'm just going to read a little piece here. And um, this is a Michael, um, looking for his name here, Goldblatt. Okay, so he was the head of McDonald's Science and Research in the mid-90s. Well, he presented an idea to the Department of Defense on how to uh, 
make these self-sanitizing packages. Okay. So anyway, he caught DARPA's attention and DARPA eventually hired him as the um, chief of their science technologies um, uh, office. Okay. So here's a little excerpt. I'm going to read Goldblatt hired a biotechnology firm. So this is when he's working for DARPA to develop a pain vaccine. It's, works with the body's inflammatory response that is responsible for pain. Goldblatt explained in 2014, the way the vaccine would work is that if a soldier got shot, he would experience 10 to 30 seconds of agony, then no pain for 30 days. The vaccine would reduce the pain triggered by uh, inflammation and swelling, allowing the warfighter to keep fighting so long as the pain could be stopped. To To try to stop bleeding, Goldblatt initiated Another program that involved injecting millions of microscopic magnets into a person, which could later be brought together into a single area to stop bleeding with the wave of a wand. The scientist in charge of that program, Dr. Harry T. Quellen, worked on several rapid healing programs under the banner DARPA Soldier Self-Care. Okay, so... uh, you can see that a lot of these things are taking us. So this Michael Goldblatt was a, he, he's okay with transhumanism. I'm going to read another piece here that where it, he was asked about the moral, morally dangerous path about transhumanism. Okay. And, and he Goldblatt rephrases his question. How is having a cochlear implant that helps the deaf here any different than having a chip in your brain that could help control your thoughts when questioned about unintended consequences like controlling humans for nefarious ends goldblatt insists there are unintended consequences for everything so this is how these people think i mean he ran the pentagon's brain okay during the uh late 90s into the 2000s this michael goldblatt and he has no problem with going transhumanism that that was 25 you know almost 25 years ago when he did that so that's how these people think which is a scary idea with the technology that we have nowadays and how far and fast it's come you know and it's easy for somebody like me who's done deep dives in the bible to call those things out as evil you know, if we go to um, Genesis 6, um, yeah, if we go to Genesis 6, right, and you read the chapter there, this is the, you know, it's nicknamed the wickedness and judgment of man, you know, and, and I'm going to read a little bit from it. So this is uh, verses 1 through 8. So now it comes to pass. When man began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward. And the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were mighty men who were of old men of renown. 
Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, and birds of the air, for for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, so a lot of pastors or ministry leaders don't like to address this chapter, but we have to at this point. Our our science has finally reached this level that uh, what is going on here is there was a barrier set, and these evil angels, the fallen angels, crossed it. And they made relations with, uh, you know, the the daughters of man, and they created these things like the the nephilim. That's not used in this um, version, but it is in others. The nephilim, or the giants, and they're called mighty men. All right. So there was genetic modification going on back then, and this is a problem because, like Steve had said in our last, this. Like our last show that we did on transhumanism, this would prevent man from making his way to God. You know, it would it would put us in a place that man is no longer man. He's corrupt, corrupt down to his DNA level, to the basic building blocks of who the image, what God made them in. And so that is, you know, incredibly deep. And for a long time, we've gotten away with not having to address this issue, right? We've we've uh, been able to ignore this passage to the depth of the passage, and we've just said, well, man was bad. So that's why God brought the flood. But my question was always, how bad was it? I mean, because things are bad now, and we haven't seen such a judgment from God. I believe God had a reason for that, because things had corrupted its way. Things weren't the way God made it. They were perverted or corrupt. Corrupt doesn't just mean bad. Corrupt also means a change from the way it was. And that's what messing with DNA means. And that's so to me, it's extremely bad. I mean, and and when you do a deep dive in this, I understand why God would wipe the earth clean with water. It just makes sense that he would start over. If everything was not going to make it to heaven because it broke its way to commune, like Steve had said, commune with God, then there's no purpose of those those things anymore. They're not coming. There's no way for them to heaven. And even the animals were judged in it because there's something different about the animals. So I just you know, present this to the listeners that, you know, how bad did it get? And we know through, um, you know, uh, mythologies and things like this, there's half man, half beast. There's all these weird creature, well, creatures or corrupted creatures that we know. So are those myths or are they, are they loosely based on actual uh, reality that happened long, long time ago? And they man has passed them down through stories, and who knows? Maybe there's more truth to them than we know. I mean, the Bible doesn't hide this; it's right there. And now we're at a place where we're doing gene editing, we're producing things out of people's cells, this spike protein. 
we we are uh, putting things in our body that mark or send signals, right? These this is what people like this Michael Goldblatt, who has no problem with uh, doing transhumanism types uh, studies and science. He has no problem with putting an implant in people's heads to control their thoughts. He has no. He's okay with the unintended consequences of that. So the other one that I just kind of recently uh, looked into, you know, I've been so on the genetic modification or the, you know, the spike protein being made out of people's cells does it reverse transcribe and it's there forever. Part of the genome that, that bothers me bad. Uh, I'm extremely offended by it and you know i tried to warn against the possibilities of this when the when the so-called vaccine injection came out uh this gene therapy product i mean you couldn't even name it what it really was a gene therapy a gene change corruption right it just goes right in line with genesis uh six but you know, there's, there's another thing, there's just AI coming on and I haven't done a lot, but there is a lot of research on it, but there is this man, his name is Tristan Harris. And he's been for a couple of years now, he's been going around uh, from talk show to talk show, all these programs. He's trying to get the word out about how advanced AI is. And it's really interesting to hear him speak on it. He's talking about, uh, the fact that this AI uses language, it overcomes by using language, which is extremely interesting. You know, when you go back to um, chapter uh, Genesis chapter 10 and 11, okay, th- this is around the, the Tower of Babel, okay, and this, this uh, character called Nimrod, okay? And this is why I say the genealogies, if you start looking at them, they reveal tremendous amounts of information in in few words. So language. So this Tristan Harris is saying AI will use language and it will, in a way, be able to make one world language. If you hear him speak, he hasn't he doesn't use that as far as I've encountered that terminology, but it's like a blending of being able to cross all these language barriers which is disturbing because because god uh you know divided us by language okay so for the audience out there we're getting a little low on time so i'm going to read briefly here from genesis 10 uh and 11 and okay so genesis 10 this is verse 8 so cush begot nimrod he began to be a mighty one just like in chapter six of Genesis, mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Kalnai in the land of Shinar. From that land, he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, uh, Rehoboth, Kala and Ur and Rezin between Nineveh and Kala. All right. So that is is verses 8 through 11. If we go into Genesis 11, which is, you know, titled the Tower of Babel, 
starting with um, verse one. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. It came to pass as they journeyed from east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they li- and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Let us be scattered, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Now, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from their over the face of the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, it's name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the earth, and from there the Lord scattered from abroad over the face of the earth. So after the flood, uh, because of what Nimrod did, and a lot of people see him as the first Antichrist figure after the flood, he consolidated power. There was one language at that time. It was easy to consolidate power because of there was no language barrier. And God said, let us, which is a reference to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all, all parts of God came down and um, enacted and had to act and, you know, made separated man by language. We're not separated by skin color. That's an outward thing. God did it by language. And that's how we're separated by language. So that is a barrier that God has set in place after the flood that shouldn't be breached. And right now, with the, if you hear this Tristan Harris uh, speak, the AI is going to breach that barrier. We have just stepped into a new level of uh, bringing forth, you know, that the end times, as people call it, or the time of the end. You know, that's two different sayings there. But so it's very interesting to see that this AI will be with language. And as you hear this man speak, so I I, I uh, encourage you to go out and look him up. Tristan Harris and AI, and I'm sure a bunch of videos will come up and you hear him talk about language that this AI that we've created, you know, I'm sure it's a, it's a program that will be able to go out, start websites and then it'll be able to make money through its websites and setting up its own bank account. Then it'll use all these, you know, uh, businesses that are handyman type businesses. You hire somebody to do this for you and that for you. And then eventually it'll be able to essentially set up its own kingdom just by using language because there is no language barrier for it. And that the language, as he states, is its operation uh, operating system it's incredible you know with what i just read uh out of genesis 10 and 11 and i i have only recently come to this awareness i wasn't i know ai is coming up i know there's uh there's a meld uh a want from people like michael goblatt a melding of man and machine to become cyborgs 
you know, and I do feel like some of the products that were in the possibly that were in the um, so-called vaccine, the injection, COVID injections are, are materials that could uh, make the neural link between biology and um, technology possible. I do believe that some of that is out there. I do believe there's probably graphene and some other uh, metal products, you know, heavy metal type products that were in these things that could possibly uh, receive, send and receive signals. So this is all very concerning. If you have a, a mother hive mind singularity uh, internet of things, AI out there that will be able to send and like, in that uh, piece in the book I read to you, um, he my, people like Michael Goblet have no problems with the unintended consequences of nefarious things, of something like AI sending, uh, you know, its own uh, messages for its own purposes, not for God's purposes, in taking over and controlling. So these are all very concerning things, and I think they're upon us fast. Now to to end this show up as we're getting a little long here, I think there's a realization going on in America's churches. And I think this is a good thing. And I've been presented with an opportunity to talk about this in front of a congregation. It's scary stuff. It's sci-fi, but it's not sci-fi. It's really happening. And we got to come to this uh, conclusion. So we need to address these tough issues and, um, and I encourage people to do it likewise. Maybe you find positive results. So I'm going to be giving my congregation a, at least a back, bare bones, backbone uh, teaching on transhumanism and AI and the other uh, things that are attacking us. So anyway, we're getting along. It's been good. Hopefully you found this interesting and enlightening, especially with the language piece that I just became aware of. I hopefully that uh, spurs you on to do your own research. It's been good. We thank you for joining us on this, um, this segment of the mil- of the military whistleblower. But this is the faith report. And we appreciate you being here with us. We thank our donors. So if you need any more information and to find the show later on, we'll be at www.truthforhealth.org. You can find us at www.truthforhealth.org. And I'll talk to you next time.